Welcome to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. Each episode, your hosts bring you news, views, and abuse from America's professional rugby union, along with all the latest on the USA national team. Now, with all that said, let's get on with the show. And we're live. Welcome to the Earful of Dirt Podcast. My name is Joshua Fredland. Uh, Craig cannot join us tonight. He, unfortunately, is busy, but... John Collin is back with us tonight. John, how are you doing tonight? Good. Happy to be back on. A little couple-week hiatus, but happy to be back in the mix. Yeah. I, I'm just, um, I, guess, I guess let's just get your opinion on what, if, what has happened in the meantime since you've been gone. Not necessarily anything that's happened recently. <laughs> we'll get to that later. But, you know, what's your, what's your since we're at the halfway point of the season, yeah. what's your opinion of the season been so far? Yeah, I think uh, as every MLR season has gone, right, those first three weeks are kind of wild. Like, they're wild. Throw a dart at the board. You don't really know what's going to happen because still to this point, like, everyone's preseason is on a completely different level than the ne- the team right next to them and so on and so forth, right? So those first three weeks were all just like, what's going to happen? Anything can happen. Then it's about – that week three to eight, everything kind of starts leveling off and making a little bit more sense. And then <coughs> you kind of see who's going to separate, who's going to find their form. And then, right, you're going to tell that I know they're adding playoff teams and whatnot, but you're going to tell the two to three teams that have a legitimate shot and then who's going to finish it off at the end. But I do always love those first three weeks because you're just like, there's no way of knowing. With the MLR and the offseason, preseason, salary cap, who got in, who got a visa, there's no way of knowing what's going to happen. And then now it kind of is like, all right, we kind of know what these games are going to feel like. Let's see when the top teams play each other. Yeah. No, it, it's, def- it's definitely a journey, especially since, you know, um, San Diego's still getting people in. Um, Dallas is trading people in and out, basically, at this point. So, yeah, what a crazy scenario, though. Like, who, who plans for that? Yeah. Got to hope for the best. All right. Let's jump into results. Your your favorite game of the week, because I've assumed you watch it just because it's Utah. Um, San Diego goes into Utah, beats them 40 to 25. Um, what happened? I, we, I would assume Utah was taking a step forward, but it just seems the past couple weeks it's – almost just been a step back yeah i mean i think there was a little bit of you know a little bit of false flag with the dallas performance um i think you know the way utah plays dallas wasn't going to match up to them very well you, you you see it every time dallas gets matched up to one of these wide open attack teams that i mean they're just they're not built to defend well against that i think they keep it tight with some of the teams that play a physical brand um you know, they can front up a little bit, but with some of these open teams, that they're just not matching up well. Mm. Uh, so I think it was a little bit of false flag for Utah with the score and the, you know, the, the final score of that game because you saw in the next couple weeks. Um, and, I mean, again, this, it's hard. With, with, what ha- with what came after this game, it's kind of hard to give a, a genuine assessment. But you just saw, like, you've seen in the past couple weeks, it's, it's been weird to say. It's hard for me to watch, but like, you have a Utah Warriors team getting out physical hmm. at every every point in the game, and it's very weird for me to watch because, I mean, you know, I was there through good days, good days and bad days, um, equally, right? And I was like, the one thing we held our hat on was, you know, we were never going to get out physical. That was that was about the bare minimum. We were going to do some dumb things, and we were going to make. Yeah a lot of mistakes at bad points in the game, but my God, we were never going to get out physical. So to watch that happen over the last couple weeks has been very strange to watch. Obviously I I probably expected it more with um, how that squad has been assembled in recent years. Um, It's, you know, it's not the same type of players that we had and, and, and that they're bringing in. They're bringing in a certain type of player that 
um, you know, meets what the front office's goals are. Mm-hmm. So once that gets built properly, who knows? But it is weird to see that there, there's a culture, there's a way of playing, there's a personality. There's something that it means to play in the state of Utah and represent that state and the style of rugby that comes out of that state. Um, so it is strange. It's strange to see him get out physical, but kudos to San Diego. And I said this, I think I said this real early on because San Diego is still struggling. San Diego is going to be that team that, that when it starts clicking, they're going to be a problem, right? The way they're built with the forward back in the back line, you know, they've got injuries. They've got, you know, a ton of issues on the, the outside of the field thing with, um, you know, logistics and things that they've got to overcome. Right. But that group, the group of players in that team, if that clicks, they're going to be a problem Um, because they've got the firepower and and they're kind of starting to show it. Right. So I'm very, very interested to see what goes on with the Legion if they get back to, you know, playing for shield level. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're right now they're second in the league with 26 or second in the West, excuse me. With 26 points, so they're right up there. So I, I think you're right. I think they're they're getting they're hitting that stride, and especially next year once they have everything a little more settled, they're moving into that new stadium that's being built for um, San Diego State University. Yeah, that'll be huge. Yeah. So once that happens, I think every once they really hit their stride, we'll definitely see this team getting back to the top. Yeah, I'm excited for them. I, you know, it's weird. There's, there's like a weird rival, rivalry, but I also have a lot of friends on that San Diego team, so it, it's a nice team to root for. Yeah. All right. Next game up ended in a little controversy, but happy homecoming for Toronto. Um, first game in just under 1,100 days in first home game in just under 1,100 days in the Toronto area. I should specify they hosted rugby ATL. Um, rugby ATL was able to come away with the victory 20 to 14 was this game has always been close between these two teams, especially since they played for the fire and ice cup. Um, we did specify, um, that the fire and ice cup isn't actually under contention until the game in ATL. They decided that you could only win the cup at the home field of the team who holds the cup. So that's, that's how that works. Um, as far as the controversy, I guess I should explain, and then John will ask for your opinion on that. Um, late game, um, ATL scrum on their own five-meter line. They go short side for some reason, which I think a lot of people thought was weird. Um, but Toronto came up fast, got the ball carry, who I believe was Will Leonard, knocked him back into touch, um, and then the ball got loose somehow. Um, some hand touched it down, didn't see who it was at first, and then a Toronto player came up, touched it down. Went to TMO. TMO review, uh, excuse me, ruled that a Toronto player was out of bounds and touched the ball and called it no try. Um, Brian Ray of America's Rugby News um, posted the law and a review video that says technically that should have been a Toronto try. What what was your takeaway from that, John? Yeah, that's a tough one, right? Because. You know, Toronto struggled a little bit this year. They need some some bounces to go their way. They they quite haven't gotten back to their early form. I, that's a tough one. I I will admit I didn't see I did I didn't see Brian's thing on that. Um, so I, I would probably would love to actually go look at that and look at the law and the replay um, because I'm probably guilty of it all the time of with TMO and a gut reaction and I even have moments. Um, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was the Austin game or something, but the TMO just called a penalty, like, called a penalty down. Ref doesn't look at it on the screen because of, you know, some of the weirder rules with the MLR and how that's handled with, with screens and whatnot. Um, and to me, like, I don't know. I, I may be a little too much of a period. I believe in the TMO 100%, but I'm like, I don't like that they just have free reign to, like, call something mm-hmm. like just because right the beauty of the game right the beauty of our sport like the referee has a feel for the game they have an understanding like and not get into like red cards and high tackles and intent and all that stuff right it's wishy-washy but like it is very important to have like a feel for the game like when you're just watching on video like 
things look totally different. So um, kind of a different point, but th- that one was that one was tough because none of those angles were great. Yeah, and like how that's called, um, and I would want to interpret um, what Brian posted in the video because I, I, on the surface, right? Like if you are in touch and touch it down, like obviously that's not a try. Like, <laughs> so I have the law. The laws. So he said by law twenty one point nine. It should have been a try because it says if a player is in touch or touching goal, they can they can make a touchdown or score a try by grounding the ball in in goal, provided they are not holding the ball. Right. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Um, which is so strange because this may not be relevant, but you think of all the kicks into touch and sevens, and I even think like I watch a lot of league for like some attack stuff. I was like, why are they then doing so much? Why are we always doing so much with our bodies to not be in touch when, like, you're chasing the ball or, like, you just run around it, catch it, and place it? But then is that holding the ball? That I would say that, that I think that was the key is, like, as long as you're not holding the ball. What's so, holding the ball? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what we have to determine. Is, my, are you not holding the ball if you have downward pressure? Because you're controlling it. Is controlling the ball holding the ball? I'm just being I'm just being a dick to be devil's advocate, right? But like you could depending on your perspective, like, well, if you don't control it, are you holding it? And if you're holding it, are you controlling it? Like chicken and the egg. So I mean it's just an argue for argument's sake, but that's a, it's a tough call, man. Like that's that was a heartbreaker. I think the the one if you're thing a Toronto thought- fan, it's a heartbreaker. If you're an ATL fan, you're like, no, duh, of course that's not a trick. <laughs> I think the one thing it reminded me of was there was a, a kickoff between Detroit and Green Bay a number of years ago where it bounced at like the goal line and headed towards the sideline but didn't get there. And the um, returner for Green Bay walked out of bounds, laid down, and touched the ball, and it still counted as a kickoff out of bounds even though the ball technically didn't go out of bounds. So that's what it reminded me of. Listen, that – I don't care. To, to, to pull that off and the, to have the – level of intelligence to pull that off in the middle of an NFL football game. Cause I would have never thought to do that. Like you definitely deserve that call. <laughs> I'm giving that, I'm giving that to you a hundred percent. That's why I missed, you know what I'll say here, bring up some old stuff. This is we're, we're ranting now. <laughs> I do truly miss since they've taken the perspective of like the held up in goal, holding mm-hmm. someone up in goal, like being rewarded as a skill. I miss the foot in, foot out that oh, yeah. called it, that called it on the full. Because yeah. that, some of those catches, like you had to be very skillful to pull that off. So I kind of, I actually kind of missed that rule. And if you want people to score, you put you're putting the other team in an attacking position, so you're going to get more attacking rugby. So topic for a different day, but it just made me th- that being the out of bounds inbounds made me think of that. Craig, Craig is interrupting his vacation today to tell us that. It seems like a non-intuitive law. Definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you're in touch, but you place it while your body's in touch, it's a try. Yeah, it's weird to me. Because I could imagine if you did that, if you did that 10 times, and I'll just say at a super rugby level, right? Like Mm -hmm. big, pretty jumbotron refs are in, like, I I bet you get five different calls. You know what I mean? Like, like. If it happened ten times on the same weekend and they didn't get to like someone didn't get called out on a Friday night, so then every ref was like, "Ooh, let me double check that and not get that wrong." <laughs> you're, getting t- you're getting five different calls. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Uh, next game up didn't look the prettiest uh, in the first half, and then um, Nola decided to wake up and actually make it a game. Um, the New England Free Jacks. The New England Free Jacks beat. The Nola Gold, thirty-three to twenty-nine. I believe the halftime score was like twenty-four to five or something like that. Um, New England was absolutely just kicking their ass, and then, like I said, Nola decided to wake up. Um, I only was able to see the first half, um, so I only saw the ass kicking. Um, so, what did what was your takeaway from this game, John? I would say we're, we're probably going to be in the same boat of being the two shittiest hosts right now because I did the same thing. We had so I had two games I had to coach on Saturday, right? So I'm all, I was watching stuff on my phone, and yeah, I just watched the first half and I was like, oh man, all right, New England looks like New England and Nola's struggling. And then I jumped back, 
jumped back on my phone. I was like, oh, man, I must have missed a good second half. Yeah. But I think it was – I watched a couple of the highlights, and I know that doesn't tell the whole story, right? But it was kind of very indicative of how both teams are playing, right? Like, Nola this year just seems to be like that. Like, come on, figure it out. Like, you're, like, right there. Like, what are you What are you doing wrong? And you kind of watch them, and it's like, oh, it's, it's just like a little bit of something – but in every facet of the game. Hmm. And that is brutal for a team that's like struggling to get wins because everything's kind of good, but it's not complete. Like when the attack's going well, the set piece is a little off. When the set piece is on, defense is a little off. And then the attack can't catch up to the defensive mistakes and the defense can't make up for the attack mistakes. And it's like they're stuck in this weird limbo this season and, like, mentally, that is brutal. Um, New England probably – I mean, New England's going to get into this attrition mode, like the first-place attrition, where you're getting everyone's swing. You get an early lead, and you're like, please, God, can we take our foot off the gas and just get, like, <laughs> get an easy win? Yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, good and bad, right? Like, I have – I'll take off, like, my coach speak hat and put on, like, my player brain, right? Like – it happens all the time. Like if you're in first place and you're winning a lot, you're like, dude, can we can we just get like an easy one and like nice comfortable game? And it's like, no, not in this league. So I'm sure they got caught in that a little bit and they pulled it out at the end. Yeah. I would never go too null and expect that though, but they may have been caught in a little of that mindset. All right. Next game up, probably a scoreline a lot of people did not expect. I know I was one of them. Um most entertaining game of the weekend, though. Yeah, I, I did say I felt the exact same way. Maybe, maybe the the, the mutual release of Andrew Douglas played a part. Um, we did find out midway through the week that um, Nate Osborne will be taking the reins on the interim role for the rest of the year. Hey, congrats to Nate. Always, it was a great coach. I I felt he was just unlucky to not get in the playoffs down in Nola. Um, they did say that he is only interim. He is. A, they expect him to apply for the main role, but they are conducting an international search for the next head coach. Um, into the game, uh, it was a great game overall. You know, it ended up being close. Um, Old Glory finally got two more points on the board, scoring four tries, losing by less than seven. I, I felt that the game kind of. I don't. I. Oh, you don't really want to say this as far in rugby. But I felt like the referee played a little bit too much of a part in this game, in my eyes. He was active, but I think you. And again, I don't know the stats off the top of my head, right? It may have been one side. I felt like he was active on both sides, but he was yeah. he was very influential. I don't. I again, I'm I'm probably less biased and outsider on both of these teams because, like, genuine. I just like. They're one of the few teams like just watch to watch, no connection. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I maybe didn't notice it. I noticed him a couple times. I was like, bro, no one's here to watch you. Like, go away. But I think he was just very active for both teams. But, yeah, I, I could see that. But, yeah, I mean, what a, you know, what a kind of a little fire turnaround for D.C., like, you know, showing a little life because, I mean, they had they had probably two weeks where I was like, I don't know if these guys want to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you, you did get that sense, yeah. Yeah, like, they're not, you know, they're not chasing. They're not doing the dirty work. They're not, you know, line breaks. People aren't, you can tell the body, like, they're running, but they're not sprinting. And you're like, ooh, do these dudes want to be here? I don't know there's something going on behind the scenes, but and again, I, I don't think Andrew Douglas, I mean, that's not a knock on Andrew Douglas. I think he's actually held in pretty high regard. Sometimes like voices or, or something just doesn't mesh. Right. Which is, it's so wild in rugby, like how crucial that is. Um, Cause I, I think that was happening. And can we, can we just like, I don't know who we need to talk to at the MLR or, with these social media people, like these, like it was a mutual, like, no, it fucking wasn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, give me a break. Okay. Like it wasn't a mutual. So Andrew Douglas didn't walk into the office. Like 
hey guys, it's been fun, but I think you can do better and so can I. Like that no, that never that conversation never happened. Like, yeah, let's just call it what it is. They let go of their coach. They fired him for whatever their reasons were that they don't put in press releases and whatever nonsense. I don't, I don't really care. I just obviously with the Utah thing as well and the DC thing, like it was mutual. And then you like do all these like buddy, buddy, nice posts for firing a coach mid season. I was like, guys, what game are we playing? Like if a coach gets fired mid season, it's not mutual. Like you kicked his ass out and you're trying to find better because you're not happy. Like, I don't know. It just irks me. Like it, it just comes off phony. And I'm like, guys, let's knock it off. Call a spade a spade. DC was playing terribly. They had to make a change. Utah, we'll talk about it later, but like just yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the mutual split thing. I was like, it's like middle school, like, no, we mutually decided to break up. Like, no, she dumped your ass, dude. Like, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a great connection, so it's always nice to see. Um, special shout out for this game actually to Sam Windsor. Um, a couple weeks ago, he became um, one of four players now who's played 50 games. But in this game, he actually became the first MLR player to reach 50 starts. So that, that's, that's awesome. A for that's a big one. Yeah. So uh, who would be close behind him, I wonder, of the 50? If, if I kept my sheet up, I probably could tell you when I didn't. I stopped like halfway through last year. So. <laughs> I was I was keeping track of caps at one point. If Angus if Angus has it his way, he will be well behind fifty starts. Yeah. So, uh, next up, we'll we could probably do these two at the same time, considering they weren't good games. Um, well, let's the, say that that Austin Houston was good was good for closed for forty minutes. Was it? I just I like I I was I had it up. I looked away and came back, and then it was like 20 points. I want to say it was like 13-5 at halftime, if I'm not mistaken. Let me look. And they poured it on in the second half. Whatever that halftime speech from um, um, Sam – what's his last name? Um, Harris. Sam Harris. Yeah, whatever Sam Harris told those guys at halftime. Holy smokes. You are – Correct. It was fourteen to five at half. Yeah, or no, it was seventeen to five at half. Oh yeah, because they got that late one. Yeah, they got the the late penalty and then kicked off and like immediately scored almost. So okay. Um, yeah, it was. I guess we should mention um, the Giltinis beating the Deadman walking forty seven to seven. So um, you had a six eight back row player playing wing at one point due to injuries. Yeah, I think that's. Um, hopefully, hopefully they recover enough to you know get a victory. They're playing Old Glory here in a couple weeks, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, God, is, is there any other fran- like I don't know if there's any other franchise like that. Can you guys catch a break? Like, <laughs> my goodness, you have like the 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 yes no, you know, dip your toe in the water and jump out back on the beach for your first season. You know, knew that this knew going in like this season was going to be rough. Like it's going to be tough sled no matter what. And then it's like you know some insane accident, like one in a million accident happened to uh, all of your guys are standing in the same spot, and it's just like, <laughs> like good. Who put the bad juju kibosh on the Dallas Jackals? I was like, what did they do wrong? <laughs> But I mean, yeah. What, like, what are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to assess that? You brought in seven, nine, seven to nine guys on loan from different teams, and they had two uh, they, three, and they traded one. So what is that what it was? And okay. they had like a couple people come back on that list that they put out originally that were injured. Um, so, so yeah, I think that was it. But like, still, I mean, even three dudes that ha- that you got two days of practice with the team, and then you go out against LA. I'm like, it's not a recipe for success. Hopefully, they should be getting one of their players back soon, especially since his red card suspension is it up this week or next. It's either this week or next week, so we'll see what happens. Okay, there. That'll, that'll be nice because they're on a buy, right? They get a free week to. Well, oh, they have one. 
their week, their bye week was two weeks ago. Oh, so their second one's probably not for a while. Yeah. So not till the end of the season, pretty much. That's tough sledding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing with the league now, like you don't ever hope for like franchise, like franchises not to be successful. You know what I mean? And it's just like, man, talk about like, uh, you know, baptism by fire into the league. Like, good golly. Nola has a voodoo doll with the Jackals jersey. <laughs> I don't even, it's not even Nola. The entire league probably owns a piece of that bad boy. They can't catch a break anywhere. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, quickly on to Austin Houston before we get to discussions. What did you see out of Austin that, like, why, what happened in that second half? I know you mentioned talking that halftime, but it's just like they came out and just, you mentioned just put the gas on. It was, well, I don't even – there's not even anything, like, like sexy to talk about. They're just, like – you could see a switch flip. Like, all their intent and their execution. Now, you can go into, like, the psychology of sport of, like, what brought on that intent and execution. But, like, it literally was just two different teams. Like, the first half, they were choppy. Their attack was kind of all over the place. Like, Houston was rushing up and getting pressure, and they were doing, like – they are just doing the silly thing. Like, I always notice, like, every time you start seeing, like, backline players, like, their shoulders are like this when they're passing, and they're really tight and tense. Like, you just see the attack not, not do well. And I know this mm-hmm. is, like, a silly thing, but, like, it's a body language thing. Like, you can tell when someone's not flowing through their attack, especially backs, especially like back three, filling in on that second layer, those release balls out the back, like how they flow into that, you can tell when people are really tight. And that never leads to good attack. And then you start seeing like full arms flowing into space, timing, making that pass like off the proper foot, like without pressure on them, but pressure on the defense, which is like a weird thing. But you, you can you can see it. if there's film, you can always talk about it. Like there's no pressure on that ball carry, but the defense feels it. And then it's like it's those moments when you watch the all blacks, you're like, what? Like, why did it look so easy? Like, why does this look so easy? This doesn't look like they're playing a test match. Um, and that's kind of what it looked like, right? Their intent and their execution just changed. Um so whether they made some genuine adjustments, I have no idea in the locker room if they identified something and, and were going for it. The attack didn't look super different. They, they created a little bit of depth. Forwards started carrying with some intent and getting some go. Like three to four meter go forward is a big change between like neutral tackle, mm. like light years difference, right? Three to four, two steps back by the defense is way different than – Defense standing still and just shifting sideways. Um, so, like, those are little things. Those are easy answers, though, right? Like, forwards carrying with intent, getting you front football, like, duh. Um, but it was just the execution. Every carry mattered. Every time that forward touched the ball, they changed their body height, they carried forward. Every time they, they saw space, they got to space. Um, and it was just they they made the switch, and Houston, Houston didn't. Hmm. Houston, looked, Houston went from defense in the in the first half. Their defense looked confident, like they want. They're like, "Oh, we we're causing them problems. Let's keep going, right?" They're show, like they're up, ready to go. Like, "Oh, we're in their face. Like, keep it going. Like, a tackle figure it out, right?" But we're we're causing them headaches. And then in the second half, it was like, "Ooh, wait, okay, I don't know what's happening. Like, I'll just let it, I'll just let it figure it out." And you, you can't do that because soft shoulders, gaps start opening up, and then it was just bang, bang, bang. Yeah. All right. That was it for last week. We had a couple of news items come up this week. Um, Utah and their coach have mutually parted ways, as John likes to say. Um, yeah. It just seemed like it was a run of bad luck to me. I didn't see anything team-wise. I didn't see anything attitude-wise. But you never know. Yeah, right. And, again, uh, I have to be respectful of the connections and friendships and, you know, mutually respected relationships that I have with that team, with the league. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to say too much. And, you know, 
I don't know if anyone's watching this, like you think you're going to get the inside scoop. I'll just let you know. I'm sorry. You're not, I don't know if our ratings are going to drop with that, but like, <laughs> I, I'm not giving you the, I'm not giving you the, the inside scoop. I'll, I'll give you my, my educated opinion. Um, right. The, the front office felt that there was a, like, there was a, a clear disconnect between the things voiced by the coaching staff or Sean, right. To then what was being executed and, what the product was that was on the field in games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's a broad, you know, brush, single scoop, vanilla ice cream fucking way to describe, like, <laughs> a change in coaching staff. Like, whatever. Okay, it is what it is. There, there's no argument, right? Like, again, to me, I, th- I think it was an, a, a poor decision. I think it was the wrong decision, my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Again, even as much as I do know and the relationships and the friendships that I have, like even still, I'll be the first to admit I am not in the locker room. I'm not at practice every day. I'm not at the barbecues. I'm not at the apartment. I'm not sitting around with the boys. Like I'm not there after games when people are having a couple of beers and griping about this and griping about that and so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. Right. I, one, I don't want to, cause none of my business anymore, but like I have my own, I have my own team, three different teams to deal with, but like, so I don't know all those things, um, but right surface level, outside perspective, a little bit. Like you can't go from a semifinal and coach of the year to being fired midway through the season, mm-hmm. right? Like that's to me, that's crazy. That's crazy. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know <laughs> how better way to say it. Like that's a crazy thing when you yeah. say it out loud. Um, and I mean, yeah, there should be frustrations. There should be uncomfortable conversations between a front office and a head coach when it's like went from a semifinal team to now sixth or seventh place, whatever. Like, thank thankfully that Dallas is struggling as much as they are. Like, you probably won't be in last place, but it's not. You know, that's not the parameter that you want to go off of. But again, I don't think it called for the actions that they took. Um, obviously weird situation for me, like Pitt, Pitts is a friend, former, you know, former teammate f- from the U S Seattle, like I got a bunch of good stories with Pitts. So obviously it's a more closer personal relationship to me. It's like a friend being fired, not just like some coach losing his job. Yeah. So I- I'm biased in my opinion. I'm always pretty forthcoming that I'm very, very biased in my opinion. So I just tell people what my bias is before I give my opinions. <laughs> but it's weird. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, I'll be interested to see, though, right? Like, these are those moments. This is professional sports. It is what it is, right? You, you see this tide turning in rugby. You see it in the Prem. Uh, you see it in top 14. Like, these business decisions are made. Now, okay, to the decision makers, right? The guys that that sit in chairs and sit behind desks that make these decisions. Now you got eight weeks was it the right decision? Mm-hmm. We'll see. Now they always get the cop out that like, well, we're in the search mode. So whatever happens for the next eight weeks is just going to happen. It's not our fault, but then it's like, all right, let's see for the next three years what coach you brought in. If it was the right decision. Um, so we'll go from there again. I'm always going to catch 22 when that front office makes stupid shitty days that I don't agree with, which is, Obviously, a lot of them as a former player who who was who was fired by those guys in those seats. So, um, but I'm also always in a catch twenty two. Like Utah will forever be a, another home for me. I spent years there, college career, right? Like, still have guys on the team I'm very close with. Will always wish for their success. But yeah, I mean, I was beyond shocked when I saw that announcement, when a buddy called me and he's like, Hey, what do you think? I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm at work right now, dude, doing emails and nerd, <laughs> doing a bunch of nerd finance email stuff. What do you want? He's like, go look at Twitter. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> so again, I, also on the flip side of it, right. I, I don't think as you know, Scott Lawrence, Nate Osborne, probably Andrew Douglas and, Soon Sean Pittman will show you. I don't think any of these guys are going to be out of a job for very long. Mm-hmm. I think Pitts is a very highly valued coach in this 
country and in this league, um, he'll be just fine. But I mean, he's got a wife and a family. So, you know, it's a giant pain in the ass to move across country. So I feel bad for him for that. But overall, I think he's going to, he will be fine. He'll move on. The Warriors will make their decision. And, uh, you know, I hope for the best for all the players at the Warriors and I hope the best for Pitts. Obviously, also, though, here, you want some inside, inside information? It was not mutual. <laughs> Sean Pittman did not fire himself. There's your inside scoop. <laughs> I don't want right. to anyone. I hope it's not. Before before you get in trouble with everyone, let's move on. Um, <laughs> news of the week from – or press release from Major League Rugby. They have partnered with TAP, T-A-Triple-P, to produce um, – on-screen picks and betting. So um, you can see a picture of it on the Major League Rugby website on their press release. shows what the picks would look like. Um, It's just a little thing on the side. Like uh, it's using the NOLA New York um, uh, game. Like, all right, who will score next for 200 points? You pick the team, you submit, you get points. I don't know if there are any prizes associated with this. I think it's just a fan interaction thing. the rugby network has said that you don't have to do this. They'll have an X button. You could just close it out. You do not have to participate if you do not want to. Um, however, there is another, um, I guess, phase to this that's a, being implemented at the same time. You will be able to bet on in on real time things happening in Major League Rugby games. Currently, you can only do that in New Jersey with the Play Up Sportsbook. But TAP has partnered with approved sports books in 15 other states. Um, I assume they, it looks like they're using Major League Rugby as a beta test so that they can roll this out with other sports. Um, they do have um, VC money coming in from a bunch of companies um, or in people as well. I know one of the people that I've, in the Forbes article was a board member for like DraftKings. So, you know, you got some money behind this. Just, just a fan interaction thing. Yeah. I- and I, uh, I, I was always on the fence or, or weird, like when the sports betting started rolling out for all the other major sports. I like, I, I don't really bet on sports. Josh, me and you were joking right before the show. Like, I've got my freaking FanDuel app. I watch a Pat McAfee show. I do some stupid hammer down thing every week that they're like, oh, I'll do this. And, it, you know, I don't put any money. I do like those FanDuel points or whatever's free because – yeah, I'm, I don't bet. <laughs> but I was like, I got plenty of other vices. I don't need to start betting. Um, but I do agree. There, there's a point made. I'm stealing some, like, Pat McAfee-isms, right? I, I, I do kind of agree along the betting fantasy football kind of world. Like, it, it does bring more interaction, and it makes – fans more interested than they either more interested than they were before or someone who opens the app and just does it is now newly interested. That wasn't. Um, so that side interests me if, you know, b- between tap, whatever deals they make, if it's, you know, FanDuel, MGM, see like all the crazy sports, but I don't know if you guys' TV gets all those. I got Hulu. So I get all those, you know, sports book commercials and stuff. Um, yeah. It's just nonstop. Like if 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 they get those partnerships done, I, I think it's a great thing. Um, I probably I would I would probably very very much love to see, and not not is not coming from like a bad perspective. I would hope and would love to see part of the deal. I don't know the legalese behind this, but like what cut is the league getting? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I hope it's something because by golly, they need the money. Um, and that'd be a big one for me. I really hope the league is getting a piece of that and not, you know, I know what, you know, you start blurring lines of sports betting and leagues. I'm sure there's all sorts of stuff, but just coming from a genuine um, way of building capital for the league, I hope they get a portion of something, whether that's a marketing media things, right? I know you can't profit off the betting, but like, Hopefully, I hope you're getting some. <laughs> yeah, I will say this. I'll say this before we move on. Um, there hopefully will not be a Calvin Ridley situation. Um, we were informed. We were informed that players cannot bet on rugby. Period. They can't bet on like Six Nations or anything at all. So. Huh. Should be able to. Bet, you should be able to bet on countries 
that you are not playing in, contracted to, or um, like passport playing eligible for. Okay, I can see that. Like if I'm me playing for the Warriors, I should be able to bet on Super Rugby. So I think I think the thing there is is like that compliance department would have a fucking headache. He's like, all right, you got Aussies, you got South Africans, you got Argentine Argentinians, you got English, you got Irish on the hey, same team. Hey, How are you gonna keep that together? That's a compliance problem, baby. That's not mine. <laughs> I'm trying to be a team. <laughs> all right. Um, rumor of the week, um, probably a big one, probably closer than we think to actually be happening because it was bound to happen anyway. Austin is potentially being sold. Um, I think we saw this coming when Gilgronis never actually existed, but we got Giltinis. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. And I know some people were like, well, why does he own two teams? Well, it's to save the league. It was like this you are not making money off of the team right now. Probably will not for another five years. Yeah. So purely business decision has nothing to do with the team. It's just a business decision for Gilchrist. Yeah. And it, like, it was bound to happen. Um, again, I, I, I don't know what I can and can't say on this subject. So I'm going to keep a little bit of inside information to myself. Um, but it was bound to happen. Like, here, here's some here's some information I'll tell you, and this is not from any parties involved, just, you know, trusted conversations I've had with people, right? You're looking at a minimum, minimum per owner slash investment group. Like you're losing three to five mil every year. Three to five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Gone, right? You ain't getting it back. You ain't getting it back for a long time. Now, people say what they want about Gilcrest, uh, part of me dislikes him. Part of me absolutely adores him to the core <laughs> because he just is who he is and does not care, owned it, threw money at it, made all the other owners look bad, and walked away with the championship, no problem. And I thought it was awesome. Um, but also, he's a very wealthy individual, but I was like, all right, if so-and-so is losing, like, obviously – they're LA's a big price tag. So if they're losing five million, Austin losing three to four, like so this one person's losing nine while everyone else is losing this amount, like hundred percent. It's a business decision. Rich people don't stay rich by losing millions of dollars every year. So it's I don't think it's a again, I don't think it's a bad thing. There's there's plenty of there's plenty of money in the state of Texas. Someone's gonna buy that team and someone's gonna get excited about it and Maybe give it the more attention and, and influence that it needs, especially for Texas market. It, it, I think it's the best thing that could happen. And I don't know. I have no idea who is who the owner or sell is going to be. Right? Not not a clue. I do think though the best possible thing you could have is Texas money in a Texas team. Right? Everyone knows how Texans are. Yeah. I think that'd be a great thing. That's fingers crossed that it's a a, a tech oil just tycoon quadrillionaire buys that bad boy just for fun and the gill one their name has changed but the austin rugby team takes off i'd love for that to happen so that when when this was announced on the, the subreddit i think one of the first people that was mentioned was the guy who owns tito's because it because they could keep the the, the drink the drink name gill tito's well, hold up the the guy's name is Burt Beverage. What? The guy who owns Tito's is named Burt Beverage. Did he change his name to that? That's not his like God given name. Legit name. Like, hey, I had a, I had a, one, our team doctor that did my knee surgery. His last name is Doctor, so his name is Doctor Doctor. <laughs> hey, he's the, he's a really good surgeon. Right? So Burt Beverage is really good at owning beverage companies. <laughs> All right, let's. Hey, that's a good one though. The Tito's owner, man. That, for the players, that'd be a that'd be a fun owner to have. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do agree with you. I think I think one Gill name is enough. Guillotines is fine. So it's more fine. fitting. I mean, a Negroni doesn't say Austin, Texas, to me. Guillotines that says LA. <laughs> All right, games games of the week. 
uh, or games happening this week, excuse me. Um, another Toronto home game. This time they're hosting Old Glory. Um, first game of the week, uh, Saturday, April 9th at 10 a.m. Um, I messed up a little bit, so you have to excuse me. <laughs> I meant to put the, the times in. Um, it is, excuse me, it is 10 a.m. Mountain Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, we'll see what we'll see what impact Nate Osborne has in the week and a half. He's been there. Um, I'm still saying Toronto gets their first home in, in however long. I'll say I'll say Toronto by twelve. Yeah, oh, oh, ooh, twelve. It's a tough one. I'll say Toronto by five. Um, I think obviously DC showed a little bit a little bit of spirit last week against New York. Um, I I still think they're missing pieces to be. Um, uh, to be a complete team right now, and it's very, very late in the season for you know Nate to to get things rolling. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to say Toronto by five because it's at home. But um, if after a full day of rugby for myself, I turn on my phone and DC pulls the upset, I wouldn't be shocked. Okay, and then next up is. Uh, Seattle going cross country to visit the New England Free Jacks um, at Veterans Memorial, 4:30 p.m. Eastern um, on Fox 13 Plus, New York NBC Sports Boston, and the Rugby Network. I, I don't know what to expect from this Seattle team because you know they started hot and then cooled off, and then New England has has skyrocketed basically. I, I'll go safe and I'll say New England by seven. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll be right there with you. I, I'd say New England by seven as well. I think uh, they match up very well against Seattle um, with what they're good at, at doing compared to Seattle. So I think this is going to be a, a very, very tough test uh, for the Seawolves. But, uh, yeah, I take New England, especially at home, I take New England by seven. Moving, excuse me, still on Saturday, April 9th, um, at the gold mine, we have Nola Gold hosting Rugby ATL. Um, this is not this is not a mistake. It is happening again due to the unbalanced scheduling in MLR. Um, the East teams will play each or will play one team three times, so one teams will face one team twice, whether at home or on the road. So that is the, that is what is happening here. Um, I believe it was like it was like five to three last time or something ridiculous like that. It'll probably be another low-scoring game. Um, yeah, I think eight, I don't know if Nola's completely flipped that switch yet, but I'll, I'm going to go ATL by like three. For whatever reason, and I don't even believe in this. I just got some wild hair. Maybe it's the old, it's the Scotch getting to me. But for I, I for whatever reason in my brain, I, I think I want to see the roster that ATL puts on the field. Um, but without seeing that, and I have a, a hunch of what they're going to do with a three-way thing with NOLA, I'm actually I'm going to take NOLA by three. Do you think they're going to sit this one back a little bit? for the? I don't like saying sit because they would never – no coach – I don't think most coaches are ever going to go into a game like, oh, we'll sit, guys, if we lose, whatever. I think it's more like – who do we have that's been itching, scratching, and is like the almost guy that he wants his shot? This is the here's your shot game. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That's but I, I wouldn't take Nola by three, depending on the roster. I'm not, I, won't, I won't go back on it, but my uh, super brew picks may not match this podcast. <laughs> I, I was like, I try to match my super brew picks and then just never remember what I actually pick. So, all right. Last Saturday game, also at 8 p.m. Eastern, we have the Houston Sabercats hosting the Dallas Jackals. Uh, to, does Houston get back on the bike? Does Dallas show up? Because um, Dallas actually came close to winning this game in Dallas. Yeah. Um, but we'll see if the injuries have an effect. I'm going to go Houston by 15 just because I think Houston gets back and I don't think Dallas has recovered yet. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Houston responds uh, from that Austin game because that you know it turned in it turned from slop sloppy choppy this weird start a fight with everyone thing that Houston wants to do, um, and 
Uh, and then Austin just kind of turned it on. The problem is I don't – Dallas doesn't have, like, the cohesion and everything that's that Austin's built over these past two and a half, three years because um, they've done a phenomenal job building the culture of that team. Dallas just doesn't have that yet. I, I still think – I still just haven't seen enough from Houston on consistency. So I'm going to take Houston, but I think more like the, the earlier game by like five. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll try and get through these next ones real quick because um, I know we're, we're kind of running long for ourselves. Um, Sunday, April 10th, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. San Diego's hosting Austin on the sports deck. Austin by eight. Yeah, yeah, God, this is probably one of the two. I only get about two or three games per weekend now that I like really look forward to. Uh, this is, I think, this is number one for me. Um, yeah, I'm right. Oh my God, this one sucks. This is a tough <laughs> pick. I, I'll take Austin by like five. I think, but again, I can, same thing. If Sunday, I'm probably not, or Sunday, I'm be busy too. But if I took, if I get on my phone and San Diego pulls it off, I, I, I don't think I'd be surprised. Yeah, it was, it's, yeah, that's one of those games. Just like, what's well, gonna happen? This is the game you want to watch. Probably the next one too. The next one will probably be good. Uh, National game of the week, Sunday, April tenth, seven p.m. Eastern, four p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Two. We have the Guiltinis hosting Rugby New York. Uh, I'm gonna go Guiltinis by four. I know New York beat them in New York last year, but and they uh, the LA had a better team then. But I think DC kind of showed them showed what can be done against them. Yeah, it'll be interesting if if LA can expose the same kind of holes and um, attack the same way, which you all always lean on the side that LA is going to find a way to attack and score points. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay true. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna say New York by five. <laughs> LA's, it's been too up and down with LA. I don't know yet. Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, that wraps up our picks. Uh, quick question: This one from Rick Meyer. Is Seattle an eight and eighteen? An eight and eighteen. Do they finish the season five hundred? What are they at right now? Five hundred. They're four and four. Yeah. Woof. Austin. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and then quick shout out. Uh, this one from Nicholas Sarabia. He asked us to shout him out. Um, the girls rugby club in the Corvallis, Albany area. Shout out to you guys. And then the women's club team at San Jose State. They are in the playoffs for the West Coast Rugby Conference this weekend. So shout out to all of them. Shout um, out. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all for listening. Um, my, once again, my name is Joshua Fredland. You can find me at Josh Fred on Twitter. That is John Cullen. You can find him at John Utah 456. We are Earful of Dirt. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Earful of Dirt. Once again, thank you for listening, and go watch them. Thanks for listening to Earful of Dirt. Connect with your hosts via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Earful of Dirt. Visit our website at earfulofdirt.com or email us your thoughts and questions to earfulofdirt at gmail.com.